Hi, I'm Michelle Brooks. Welcome to Endo Matters. This is a podcast that helps women with endometriosis get in control of their condition, no longer letting it control them. I'll be asking you, the listener, what help you would like and giving you tips on how you can live a better life with endo. After all, endo does matter. Hello listeners and welcome to this month's episode of Endo Matters. So at time of going live, the recording is March of 2022, which means it's Endo Awareness Month, which means there's all sorts of activities going on in our community. And what I've done is a series of four different podcasts this month, short little snippets. And what I'm going to do today is kind of summarise the other three that I've done this month and have a little bit of a rant really. Um, I don't really do rants. I don't really put out my views very often, but I think it's very important for me to, um, as somebody who works with ladies with endometriosis and someone who's got endometriosis and feels very passionate about it, that I put my point of view across. And some people might not like these points, some people might disagree with me, and that's absolutely fine. Everybody's got their right to an opinion. But my opinion about this, I feel very, very strongly about. So I've covered in the last few um, podcasts in the series, I think it's um, podcast 15 to 15, 16, 17 and 18. So if you want to go and have a little look back over those, you can do. But the first one I covered was about mental health and endometriosis. And it's something that is massively, massively overlooked. We, yes, get diagnosed with a condition that is mainly linked to a woman's problem and we're told, I've talked to many women who've been told that it's just a painful period, which it definitely isn't and that really riles me. Um, And we, to a certain extent, can get help with our symptoms, not very much I would admit, but to a certain extent if we want to go looking for help with our symptoms we can find help. But I think with the mental health side of it, it's massively overlooked. You know, they see it as a gynecological problem. So it's just a physical problem. It's a medical problem. But nobody thinks about the way it, it, it affects you in your head, in the way you feel about yourself. You know, so many women I speak to with endometriosis have this common running ground of, I don't like the way I look. And that will start with the bloating issues, the stomach being distended, us, you know, feeling very, very, you know, I can't put it into words, just just really lethargic and and just, yeah. Sometimes I've, I've been in the past, like, really, like, so tired that I've not even had the energy to get in the shower. So, again, that plays on your physical, the way you look and feeling of how the way you feel. And, yes, you know, when we feel these bad thoughts about ourselves, the self-worth, the the feeling of like not being worthy of of, of like having a, an answer from a doctor, even just just this feeling of really feeling crap. That's the only way I can describe it. You just feel crap about every aspect of your life because again, your stomach's distended. You don't like the way you look. You don't like the way you feel because you're in pain, and this all affects your head. And I've been guilty in the past. I wouldn't say this has been a a reality for quite some time, but not actually wanting to step foot out of the door because I've not felt great about the way I look and about the way I feel and not wanting to be around other people in case they recognise these these things in me. 
and it seems preposterous now to actually think these things but it was a reality for me at one point and a lot of women as I say I speak to it's the same thing I don't like the way I look I'm not going to go to this event because I don't like the way I look I'm not going to this event because I'm in pain all of these things again play on your mental health because whilst you're not going out to these things you're enclosing yourself in the house and not seeing anybody and again that's not great on the mental health so it's a massively overlooked area and again you can tell in my voice that I'm getting very annoyed about it because it really winds me up that it's not recognized as something that needs addressing again like you know we're going back to endometriosis just in the last I don't know good few years being talked about a lot more which is fantastic and that's the way it needs to go but we're only just scratching the surface with what endometriosis actually means so again it's it's really like triggers something in me as this and 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 the fact that this this side of it needs looking into it more because I think actually this is much deeper than the actual pain that sufferers have it's it, it it's harder to deal with it's for a sufferer, the mental health is harder to deal with than the actual pain. I speak from that from experience, and I'm sure a lot of women would agree with me on that. So another person that we um, spoke to in this series is Katie. Um, Katie was a client of mine, still is a client of mine, and she is a long-standing sufferer of endometriosis, and she's been very, very unfortunate that you know, time has gone on and, and she's had to have a hysterectomy. And I think as time is going live, she probably will have had the operation. So if you're listening, Katie, I do I do wish you all the love and success in, in, in recovering from that operation that is no, no mean feat either. You know, women think, oh yeah, have a hysterectomy. It's not as clear cut as that, is it? It's, <clears throat> it's a whole like recovery after it too. So Katie has been through an awful lot and we, we heard from her podcast that she's been through so much and she also talked about the mental health side of her condition of being like told time and time again there was nothing wrong with her so again you know it's not me talking about it just from my point of view Katie also mentioned this in her podcast too and again you know getting to a point with endometriosis that you have no other choice than have a hysterectomy and I know that when I was younger I talked a lot about oh if they can just take it all away I don't want children um why can't they just take it away and and you know it'll be the end of it but it often isn't the end of it um Michaela who was on a podcast a little while back Michaela has like had a hysterectomy and she's still not the end of her problems because it's a lot on a bowel so she's still going through suffering so you know whilst medical profession can say like have a hysterectomy it's going to be the end of the troubles and for a lot of women yes it can help and I'm not saying that that's not the case but it's not the solution to everybody's problems and again you know it's kind of like they do that and then it's like they wash the hands of you and and nothing gets done again and something needs to be done about this again it's getting me really riled because Whilst they think that that's the solution, they're not actually investigating after the hysterectomy if you are still having trouble, which in a lot of cases, yes, they are. So why is that not being discovered? Why is that not being explored? Again, really fucks me off. I'm going to swear. It really wangs me up. And then we heard from my husband, 
who is a man of few words, but he kind of made it clear that it's really hard to see somebody who you love suffering. It's really hard to know what to do for the best. And, you know, seeing that from his point of view made me open my eyes as well, that, you know, there's no support for anybody that's related to endo sufferers. And I, I have it quite easy. I've always made this clear. I, I'm not one of the um, sufferers that has a lot of um, symptoms. I'm more around the time of the month I get pain. And sometimes outside of the month, I'll have a, a mood swing. It's not that um, it's not that bad for me. But there's a lot of sufferers out there that are, I would say it's not a thing, but would possibly be classed as having a disability because they are unable to get out of bed each day due to the pain. And there's no support for any partner of that sufferer, you know. So I'm going to again take back for the example of Michaela. Her partner has been phenomenal in looking after her. She's got two children and he has been phenomenal. Katie talked about her partner that she couldn't have wished for a better husband in the support that he gives her and the fact that he looks after the children on the weekend if she's been having a bad time. Again, these partners of sufferers are amazing. I talk about my husband, he's amazing. And there's no support for any of that either. So whilst, yes, where do you draw the line with a disability and not a disability? But for these people who've got stage four endometriosis that are more or less bed bound, that maybe get out of the bed a couple of days a month, you know, let's be realistic. Why is that not classed as some kind of disability? And why is there not support for partners of sufferers who have it that bad? And it, again, it blows my mind, makes me angry, gets my back up. So again, I, I said at the beginning of this um, episode that it was going to be a bit of a rant and it is a bit of a rant. Diagnosis time, again, it's, it doesn't seem to be going down. You know, when, when I first was diagnosed, um, they were saying at that time it was eight years between um, first presenting symptoms and getting a diagnosis. Mine actually took 17 years, so mine was well out of that average. But since like then, so when I got my diagnosis, we're going back, what, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, something like that. But the average at the moment is 7.5 years. It's not going down. That average is not going down. And why is the average not going down? Is it funding? I understand funding. But are women presenting themselves because they get fobbed off so much, um, saying that it's just a painful period, get yourself a hot water bottle and a couple of aspirin, is that why women are not going back? Is that why the averages are not lowering? Because women are not thinking that they should go back because nobody's giving them any answers. Our GPs being trained to recognise signs of endometriosis. Is there enough education in the medical profession about endometriosis? I know, again, I'm talking a lot about Michaela, but Michaela's doing a lot of work on this, about trying to get people educated in endometriosis. The medical people that we're supposed to go to for advice are not enough educated on the condition. So again, is that something that needs to be done? I'm flying all these questions out here. I don't have the answers. I just hope that in my lifetime, I do see some of the answers to some of these um, issues that I'm outlining here. So 
Again, if you agree or disagree with any of this, then do please get in contact. I'm up for a debate on this. I'm up for anybody who challenges me and up for any kind of discussion about the way forward of how we can, as a community and as sufferers, help to get the next generation of of new young women coming through that have got this condition better help, better understanding, being listened to, and if they're in a partnership, for their partners to have some outlet as well because it's not easy for them to live with somebody at this point. So that's all I've got to say today. Um, Again, I hope that some of it rings true for some of you. I hope that if you are a sufferer that my ranting as well, you, you know, you got something from that. And if you've got any ideas of how we can move forward and try and get some of these things in place, then again, I'm all ears and uh, and open to suggestion. So I hope you've enjoyed the episode. I hope you've enjoyed the last year of our podcast because we've been going a year. If you want to go back and listen to any of the other ones, they're available on Spotify or Apple Music. So I would appreciate listening to any of the issues that I've raised in any of the podcasts. And I want to say a huge thank you to Andy, who's my producer, who never gets mentioned, but um, he does an amazing job as well of um, keeping the podcast running, get it launched on time and um, obviously editing out my ums, ahs, maybes, um, which sometimes are left in because I do too many of them. But yeah, thank you to Andy as well for making this happen and the support you've given me, especially on the podcast over the last year. So thank you, listeners. Really appreciate all the effort you've put into the support um, of the podcast. And thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Endo Matters. I've been Michelle Brooks from Desired Physique. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, please drop me a message on Facebook or Instagram or email me at info at desiredphysique.co.uk. If you like what you've heard and have found the information useful, please subscribe to the podcast on the platform you are listening to. Also, if you have enjoyed the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Endo Matters is recorded and produced by Strength in Media.